it's the voice of the one and only DJ Scream. Letting you know that you are now in tune to the Casual Flex, where culture meets sports and casuals are welcome. Now here's your host, Philip Dukes. Yo, welcome to the Casual Flex. I'm your host, Philip Dukes, a.k.a. Dukes D. Scoop. Check me out on Twitter and Instagram at Dukes D. Scoop. And make sure you go down here and hit that like and subscribe button. Before we get started, I want to say thank you to everybody on my YouTube. We are now monetized. So by you coming back and subscribing and telling your friends about it, we've got our 4,000 watch hours. We already had over 1,000 subscribers. So now I'm able to keep this going. I'm able to continue to pay Faison for doing the excellent work that he does with the engineering and making sure that we keep this thing going. So, man, shout out to everybody for helping and, uh, Make sure you continue to like and subscribe and send this out. All right. A real, real, real good weekend of uh, NFL football. A couple of surprises. Uh, one of the big surprises of the weekend, and we can start here. Now, hold up. Let's talk about the one surprise that did not happen this weekend. Or something that happened this weekend that I am totally unsurprised by. You know what that is? The Cowboys, Cowboy. Now, I know that I've given a lot of flack to the Atlanta Falcons, and, you know, that, that's my home team. Born and raised in Atlanta, huge Falcons fan. And I always talk about the Falcons, and I say, well, you know, a Falcon gun Falcon, and you know the Falcon and, and all that. But, man, really? Man, the Cowboys gone Cowboy. Good gracious. All the pomp and circumstance and the high hopes and all of that. And you know what? I'm really not so much focused on the Cowboys themselves as a team as I am the Cowboys fans. You could not tell a Cowboys fan last week nothing. Z, roll. But nothing you could tell them after beating Tampa Bay. But now I know why. It's because deep down, with all of their bravado and all of their pride and how about them boys and a Flint 13 Jordans and, you know, all, all, you know, all of that. They still have reservations deep down about whether they can win the big game. Today was it. The 49ers versus the Cowboys was the big game. Something straight out of the 90s, you know, like since the last time I've been involved in or that much invested into a Cowboys versus 49ers game. And they laid an egg. Had opportunity after opportunity. Um, I will say this to their credit, man, Tony Pollard going out really, really hurts their game because having that explosive threat in the backfield um, is really important to what they do as an offense. But I also say, I don't think it would have mattered. The 49ers are the real deal. Brock Purdy has that offense doing exactly what it's supposed to do. And I think that people don't really realize how good Fred Warner really is. The middle linebacker or the inside linebacker for the 49ers. He, he, he's phenomenal. I say this. There was a play in the game. Warner is, uh, he's at the line of scrimmage and he's playing, uh, he has, I guess he has like the middle, middle of the field. Um, at the middle third or whatever. And he's on the line uh, showing blitz. C.D. Lamb is in the slot. He turns around. C.D. Lamb runs like a seam post type route. 
straight up the middle of the field. Um, and uh, Warner runs, be, gets off of the line of scrimmage, runs stride for stride with C.D. Lamb, who's probably a top five receiver in the game right now, and is there to make the play. A linebacker, 240 pounds. That play right there let me know that it didn't matter if Pollard played or not because you had the type of linebackers that it takes in order to kind of counteract Pollard's speed and agility. So the better team won today. Even though it was only 19 to 12 and everybody betting who took the over, I feel your pain because I got towed up this weekend betting. We'll talk about the game that towed me up in a minute. But the 49ers-Cowboys game really kind of went how, how I thought it would when it comes to the win and loss column. And the Eagles and the 49ers have been the class of the NFC, NFC for the entire year. And I think it shook out the way it was supposed to. So to those Cowboy fans who've been talking trash, to my cousin Chip, Drew Carnes, who's been talking trash about the Cowboys and just all oh, the Falcons at home on the couch and yeah, this and yeah, that. So we made room for you on the couch. And uh, Chip, I got a special surprise for you. I'm probably going to have Dak Prescott on my show because clearly he ain't got nothing else to do. <laughs> all right. Okay, so uh, let's move to the next game. Uh, the Bengals and the Bills. The Bengals look like they're ready to take that step. Um, defend the AFC champions, playing on the road, uh, a team that uh, has under, had a lot of injuries this year, but they, they've always seemed to have somebody ready to make that next step or the next man up really, really resonates with the Cincinnati Bengals. And they went into Buffalo and handled their business. They, they look downright scary. For a team that was supposed to be getting dominated in the trenches and everybody thought that a cold, snowy game would kind of play into the favor of the Bills since they're kind of a little more used to it. The Bengals dominated the trenches and also were able to get vertical. I mean, that's that's really that's scary hours. So the Bills, um, great season, went through a lot of very emotional time. But the Bengals showed that they were the better team. Um, those coordinators for the Bengals did a hell, a hell of a job as far as calling the game plan, making sure they kept uh, the Bills off balance all game long. Josh Allen never seemed to be comfortable, even at home. Uh, Stephon Diggs didn't have the impact that a lot of people thought that he would. Eli Apple had a good game. Is The much maligned corner Eli Apple really showed up big. Jamar Chase did Jamar Chase things. Mixon, Joe Mixon probably would be the MVP. No, the offensive line. The offensive line, the Bengals offensive line handled their business. And I think that next week, the Bengals and the Chiefs, Joe Burrow is kind of like Pat Mahomes' script tonight. So far. Um, Joe Burrow's not scared. No moment is too big. Um, the weather won't matter. You can kind of see how some of that cold may have affected the Jaguars going to Kansas City. Really cold. Um, it gets really windy there. I don't think it's going to matter for the Bengals. I think the Bengals are a bad weather track team. 
in the same manner as the uh, the Chiefs. And I think they both do what they do really well, both explosive offenses. I think the Chiefs may not be as explosive as the Bengals are right now, especially with the hobbled uh, Pat Mahomes. Now in the backfield, they've got some they they they've got some jets in the backfield. Actually, Jet McKinnon, um, as well as Isaiah Pacheco, Pacheco, however you say his name, got a burner on the out, got a couple burners on the outside. Tony and uh, Valdez Scantling is fast, but as far as receivers goes, you won't find a better battery of receivers than in the NFL than you will in Cincinnati. I don't think there are three better receivers. Or, or let's even add Hayden Hurst as fast as he is. I don't think you'll find a better cast of receivers and with the trigger man to match. So you got the depth at receiver. You got a running back in Joe Mixon. You got a back who, who, who can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's fast. He's also explosive. and can also get you those tough yards. Probably, probably the best pass protecting running back in the league. One of them, at least in uh, Samaj P. Ryan. You got a, a decent offensive line. You got a hungry defensive line that's been hunting and making the job easier for the uh, secondary. I like the Bengals. I'm taking the Bengals next week. And I'm taking, I'm take, let's talk about my other pick. The Giants went into Philadelphia and forgot how to play football. Well, actually, did the Giants forget how to play football or did they get punched in the mouth and not respond? The Eagles look like Debo. Debo Samuels, Debo Samuel, excuse me. I hate to put the extra S like people do to call Kmarts and Walmarts and Krogers. I put the extra S on you, Debo, my bad. But Debo Samuel plays for the 49ers. But right now, the Debo in the NFL looks like he lives in Philadelphia. You got Jalen Hurts at quarterback. You got two pretty good receivers in uh, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. You got a burner in the slide at Quez Watkins. Dallas Goddard is playing. Is prob- he's probably the best tight end left. Oh, no, excuse me. No, that's, that goes to Travis Kelsey. But uh, Goddard's a really good tight end. Um, the defense is loaded. Probably the best cornerback tandem left in the playoffs. The Eagles got that stick. Whip stick. So, my two picks for the Super Bowl, the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Cincinnati Bengals. That's what I'm going with. Um, I think that it's going to be very, very hard for the 49ers to fly to Philadelphia and come out victorious. Why? Because the Eagles can do the same thing the 49ers can do. But can the 49ers keep up with the Eagles when they get to go into those RPOs and going vertically down the field. I don't think that the 49ers can score enough to keep up with the Eagles. So my Super Bowl picks, you heard it here first. I like the Eagles and I like the Bengals. I'm not ready to pick a Super Bowl uh, victor yet. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. But one thing I do know, Chip, Cowboys won't be there, my boy. For sure. Okay, so let's uh, get back into the college game. Uh, right now, Auburn is number two 
in the transfer portal rankings. Did a heck of a job closing it out. And what I wanted to talk about was, so if you're a, a, a fan of Auburn and you love inside information, and of course you probably come to 24-7 sports uh, inside the Auburn Tigers, Auburn Undercover. Definitely probably go there for your inside info with me, Jason Caldwell, and Christian Clemente, and Nathan King, and Mark Murphy, Philip Marshall, Ronnie Sanders. You know how that goes. You know the team team, but... Yeah, so if you're a, a recruiting purist and you love recruiting information and you love the Auburn Tigers, you're probably wondering, like, you may be used to more info leaking earlier or before time. And what I want to say is that this is by design that Hugh Freeze and staff and those or the powers that be in that area are keeping more of their visits in-house at this time. Why? Because they're getting guys on campus, especially with the transfer portal. This is what I know, and I heard this from a couple of other coaches. Auburn was getting guys on campus and closing them. So there may be some people that are upset because some of that inside information about who's visiting isn't coming out until they get there. But Freeze and company are doing did that by design to be sure that nothing was going to stop them from being able to close what they had going on, or they had a guy they think they they knew they know who they're getting on campus, but they don't want that info leaking to make sure they get on get those recruits on campus, especially what they did in the transfer portal, because a lot of those guys that they got on campus, they ended up closing them and they were committed by the time they left. So, kudos to the staff for understanding that sometimes you know the how can I say this. The political part of the game, whereas you want people to know who's coming ahead of time, there'll be time for that. And I guarantee you to anybody working the Auburn beat or anybody who follows Auburn recruiting really closely, there's going to be a time where a lot of that inside information about who's visiting is going to come out earlier from the staff and they'll give it us and they feed the media the way they want to. There are guys who have different relationships on different sides of the ball or different sides of the, uh, excuse me, on different sides of the field or whatever, however you call it. There are guys that have relationships with people and they let that information go. But right now, Auburn is running in a solidified front to say keep the information in to make sure nothing gets out. Why is that? Because they can't afford to miss out. They can't afford not one mishap in order to put Auburn back where it needs to be. Now, with that being said, I absolutely expect for Auburn to kind of conduct themselves as some of the other powerhouse recruiting um, recruiting schools or recruiting teams or re recruiting staffs. They will start to operate like that as they become that, as they become that powerhouse. As Auburn returns to where they're used to being, you're going to see more of that inside information come out because it won't matter because, you know, no, if you go to Auburn, nobody's like you're going to like nobody's going to stop you. Nobody's going to say, hey, well, if you go down to Auburn, you can't come here. No, because those type of, that's not going to happen because the level of guy that Auburn is recruiting, you can already see that with the 25 kids is going to continue to go up. And what's going to start to happen is so, for example, like the, the like Alabama, you see so much inside information about Alabama. And sometimes people say, well. Alabama doesn't care if they if who knows who's coming because such and such they 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 know they're Alabama. Okay, well Auburn cares 
who knows who's coming because they know they're Auburn right now. But as they continue to close that gap, they continue to be successful recruiting, it won't matter as much. And I guarantee you that's what's going to start happening. You're going to see Auburn start to walk around like they did in the early 2000s. Yeah, we're going to get the top guys in Alabama. Yeah, we don't care who wants them. We're going to keep them home. We're going to keep them in Auburn. And I think that's really important as far as the confidence of this staff, um, the momentum the staff is building, and uh, basically just the excitement about Junior Day. Like, Junior Day is approaching. Last year, Auburn had 13 guys. This year, Auburn probably will have 35 guys on campus for Junior Day. And they got guys, guys. I mean, you got top quarterbacks. Um, top quarterback from the 25 class just told me he's coming. Got top wide receivers, DBs. I mean, like, it's going to be a loaded junior day. And I think that Auburn is headed in the right direction. I'm really excited to see what Hugh Freeze and company continue to do as far as turning this thing around. So uh, shout out to Auburn, uh, recruiting staff, and what they've been able to do to put Auburn right back where it needs to be. Um, speaking of college football, does UGA, is UGA the new Bama? That's been a question that's been floated. And to answer that, as an Auburn graduate who grew up a Georgia fan living in Georgia territory, Auburn, excuse me, Georgia is not the new Bama. Georgia is the new Georgia. Get what, I, get what I did there? Georgia is not the new Bama. Georgia is the new Georgia. See, growing up as a Georgia fan, I, I grew up with all the heartbreak that came along with it. And, you know, the the, the, the star players, um, growing up, having all the talent, not being able to get past Florida or Tennessee. That's what I grew up with. Like, you know, so I resonate. I know how it feels for all the heartbreak, the 40, how, how long it took for Georgia to get a national championship. Now, I didn't feel it as much because me being an Auburn grad, I was able to get a, uh, celebrate a national championship after the millennium in 2010 uh, with Cam, but I digress. The original question was, is Georgia the new Bama? And my answer is that Georgia is the new Georgia. The way Georgia has been recruiting, the way that Georgia has been kind of firing themselves up, the way Kirby Smart has been running that program, the mentality that Georgia has, that dog. Like, if if, if you heard the leaked speech that Kirby Smart has, it makes you want to go to work tomorrow and punch somebody in the mouth or run through the wall. Like, it, it, like it, it just it gives you that type of intensity. And I'm not inciting anybody to work <laughs> workplace violence but what i'm saying is even a guy who goes to an office like myself got me fired up i'm probably gonna be touching the hell out of that keyboard tomorrow <laughs> if i were to hear that speech and that's the attitude that the new georgia has and i call it the new georgia because the recruits have been there georgia always landed the best you know georgia has before now, Georgia's been landed NFL talent after NFL talent, five-star after five-star, four-star after four-star. Like, the talent and the recruiting has never been an issue. It's, a, it's been about being able to take that next step. And I think that's really important to why Georgia's doing things the way Georgia is doing them. It's cool 
You got you got you got a Quavo. You got like who, who who's right there with the team. You got a guy like Jonas Jennings as the uh, director of player development, probably one of the most well-respected guys in the college football game, who's able to get like you know straight out of college part. Like you know you you got people in place that are making Georgia the place to be. So. No, I I wouldn't disrespect what Georgia is doing or what they have done being back to back by saying they're the new Alabama. Oh, they're 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 the new Georgia, and in my opinion, it looks like the new Georgia is here to stay. Now, every time somebody has a conversation like I just had, you gotta know that Nick Saban is somewhere licking his chops and getting ready and trying to figure out how he's gonna go out with a bang. A competitor like that. Nah, it ain't over for Bama. If I had to take my pick right now, I would probably pick Bama and Georgia in the national championship next year. But the one thing that's going to um, kind of open up both of those teams to uh, kind of go to the uh, maybe on the decline is that they have a common enemy in Auburn that's on the rise. And Auburn, if they are not good for nothing else, they're good for disruption. So Auburn taking that next step Possibly. So Bama and Georgia have to get ready because if you wake up the sleeping giant that Auburn is, and even if you just go back historically, every three to four years, you're going to have an Auburn team that's going to be here. And uh, I think Hugh Freeze has what it takes in order to go from every four years, every three, four years to every one, two years to be in major contention. And uh, as the SEC continues to expand, there's going to be more parity and more opportunity. And I think that uh, Georgia and Bama, you got a couple more years to run it like that. And then you're going to have the LSUs of the world and the Auburns of the world return to uh, prominence. I mean, even what uh, Mark Stoops has been able to do with Kentucky has been amazing, in my opinion. You got Florida State returning. So on the national picture, I think uh, – and who knows what Deion's going to do? Man, who knows what Deion is going to do? I'm looking at him recruiting. He's going to have to get some linemen. But I do think that, um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting in college football going forward. Before I get out of here, I've been talking about the Hawks. It's Trey Young. You know, the Hawks coming off a, a win streak, and they lose a close one. And you see Trey Young and Nate McMillan kind of have words at the end of the game. If Nate McMillan remains the coach of the Hawks, I can see the Hawks making a run. Actually, I just wanted to put that on record before I got out of here. I think the Hawks can make a run. But look, that's my time, guys. You know what? Let me do a formal thank you before I get out of here. So, to everybody that sees this, the Casual Flex is now monetized, which means that for every video I put out, uh, YouTube will be able to compensate me financially. And for somebody that does like four things, I run a warehouse by day, uh, plant manager, general manager. I write uh, articles for Auburn 24-7, uh, 24-7 Sports CBS. Um, father, you know, just run my family. Then even after that, I still do like some mentoring in the in community. And then after all of that, I come back and I do this podcast. And what keeps me going, because right now it's 1130, I got to be at work at 730. What keeps me going is knowing that there are people who are paying attention. It's people who like what I'm putting out. It's people who are taking their time and listening to four 
thousand hours worth of me running my mouth. And to everybody who's been a a a, a guest on my show or anybody who's told somebody about it, anybody who sponsored my show, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. P. Dukes, Philip Dukes, a.k.a. Dukes the Scoop, the Casual Flex. I'm out.